We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our three-round mock draft. We're going to go through rounds one through three, and we're all going to give our selections on who we think the Detroit Lions should select. We also have a huge debate. With Dan Campbell's first year, not much expectations is for the Detroit Lions. But the real question is, how bad will the Detroit Lions be next year? Find out all in episode 176 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast episode 176 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host Tyler, joined by my two guys as always, Malcolm and Pierre. This is our first episode in a while where we're not doing a live session, we're just doing a real episode through Skype and it's been a minute. So how are you boys doing today on this nice Monday night? Woo! Man, let's go man. I am doing great, man. I am happy to talk about the draft. Finally, draft season, right? Zach Wilson season. Let's go. Yeah, so before we get this episode going, I do want to promote something. Like I said, you know, we've been doing a lot of live shows lately. And if you guys want to tune into these live shows, we actually do a live show every Fridays, anywhere from around 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. We, we usually post on Twitter and Instagram the day before the day of, of when we will be going live. And we go live on this one app called Locker Room. And, you know, obviously it's a good, you know, way to connect with you guys and get you guys on the show as well where you guys could help, you know, help with the show as well you get your input on whatever you know discussion we're talking about or whatever we're debating at the time it's a lot of fun it's kind of like the voicemails but it's live so like you know maybe if you have a follow-up question to like one of our responses on the voicemail you guys could you know immediately respond to it and have an actual conversation with us so it's a lot of fun so i definitely recommend joining us on locker room every friday sometimes it'll be saturdays but just keep tuned you know on our twitters and instagram page we post about it when we go live on locker room so definitely recommend going on our locker room but with that being said 
We got an episode of Talk Bar here, and we're going to do a three-round mock draft. So this is one of my favorite episodes every year. We do our three-round mock drafts before the NFL draft every year, and they're a lot of fun because, you know, obviously a lot of different perspectives. It's not going to be a lot of chalk stuff like, you know, Trevor Lawrence, number one, Zach Wilson, number two. When you're doing a three-round mock draft, the chances of us all three having the same opinion or having all the same players are slim to nothing because this is not going to happen. They're all going to be different perspectives, and I love it. So... Without, with that being said, let's get right into it. I want to start off with the first round pick, the pick number seven. You know, we're going to be discussing four picks. The Lions got two third round picks, one thir- or one second, and obviously one first round pick. As it's, you know, the time of this recording, we'll see, you know, what ends up happening, you know, through today and through draft day because we've seen the draft board shuffle already so much. You know, just from a couple of days ago with the San Francisco 49ers, the Miami Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see how the draft board shakes up, and we'll see if maybe this changes our perspectives uh, going forward. But this is our first official mock draft episode. So let's, with, that, with that being said, let's go right into it. I'm going to kick it off to Pierre, pick number seven. With the number seven pick, Roger Goodell, the Detroit Lions are selecting... Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. Okay, that's um, pretty good. I like that. That was a nice, like, you know, NFL draft-esque. Okay, so why yeah. are the Lions going Jamar Chase here? Why? Well, they have no receiver under contract, like, in the future other than Quintess Cephas. Chase is my number one wide receiver this year. If you watched him last year with Joe, you watched Justin Jefferson last year with the Vikings, this guy is better than Justin Jefferson. And Justin Jefferson was a baller. You watched Jamar Chase, what he did in the playoffs um, two years ago. He opted out last year, but you watch him, what he did two years ago. Guy balled out. No one could cover him. He is. He kind of reminds me of a smaller version of AJ Brown. He's physical. He's a great route runner. He has some speed. So I'm taking Jamar Chase with a seventh pick. Okay, very fair point. Obviously, he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's my number one receiver as well in this NFL draft. So it's a very exciting pick. Um, you know, I, I've made it very clear that I don't want a receiver in the top ten or a tight end in the top ten. But you know. Not that necessarily I'd be through the roof happy if they if yeah. they went this route, but I mean, what um, you're getting in the player is no yeah. disagreement. I mean, Jamar Chase is a phenomenal player, right? And you know, obviously getting a true wide receiver one, and like you said, the Lions don't really have many receivers under contract right now, or if they do, none of them are long term right now because you know you look at this receiving room. You got Brashad Pyramid, one year deal. You got. Um, uh, Quintess Cephas, fifth-round pick on the Bob Quinn era, so we don't know what his future really holds here. You got Terrell Williams, another one-year contract. And then everyone else is, you know, borderline roster guy. So you're solidifying a true wide receiver one for years going forward, and, you know, can't really disagree there. So Pierre's going to Jamar Chase here. I, I want to add one thing. The reason why I didn't go QB, first four QBs were off the board. I'm not really a fan of Mac Jones for the Lions. Actually, mm-hmm. like. Oh, Mac Jones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you guys don't get that, um, Mike Jones, the rapper. Who? Mike Jones. You guys, if, if no, you guys, we're saying, we're, no, we're saying Mac Jones. If, if you guys don't understand the term by now, this is definitely your first episode you've listened to. Because we've said yeah. it at least in every single episode of Mac Jones, who? And, who? and, we do, and we're doing it in the locker room, and people will talk about Mac Jones, and, and Malcolm just goes, who? Mac everyone Jones. Everyone's confused as hell. Mac Jones. They just keep repeating this. So, like, Mac Jones. And yeah. Malcolm just goes, who? was off the board as well, so... I, I did this on uh, Pro Draft Networks Mock Draft Simulator, and Sua was off the board, so I went with Jamar Chase. Let, let me ask you because this is this is interesting because a lot of dominoes have to fall for this to happen. 
That means Miami definitely wear a different route. Yeah, I forgot what they went. I think it was Smith or something. I I honestly forgot what they did. But uh, wow, that's that Smith or Waddle. I forgot what they did, but I want to chase after the like QBs went off the board, and then Sewell obviously went to Cincy. Uh, so that's I mean, good. I, I mean, I, I'm down. I'm down with Chase. I don't yeah. think it's out of the realm either that Miami can go tight end as well and go Kyle Pitts here because mm. I think, I mean, a lot of people have Kyle Pitts as like their second ranked prospect in this draft. Not talking about positional need, obviously, just talk about as a pure prospect. Some people got yeah. Kyle Pitts as high as number two, and that's Daniel Jeremiah, who's obviously a very high say, you know, in the draft community. And he, he put him in his you know, newly rankings. He put Kyle Pitts as number two in his overall prospects. That would be weird. And the reason why I say that is because they still got Grisicki. Mike Gisicki. Yeah, Gisicki. Penn State boy. Gisicki. <laughs> Whatever. But they're very similar. They're very similar tight ends. They're both like receiving tight ends. I mean, that would be kind of – that will be interesting. Because I'm, not sure that, um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying they go that way, but, yeah, you know. I think it could happen. Hey, I mean, I think all options is open for Miami. Jane Drew like the Athletic also has Kyle Pitts as his number two. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I you know have people. a tight end running a four four. He's yeah, not really end. a tight end. Like I think, like I think he's more. He's more than just a tight. He's like a receiver to me. I'm not. I'm not calling. I'm calling him the, yeah. the, the football player. Yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't. I I wouldn't call him a receiver because I think if you make him a receiver, I think you're just limiting his game at that point. It's just like at that point, once you just get a legitimate receiver, I think him being a tight end is what makes him different, and that's what makes him the difference maker. Yeah, I think I think once you classify him as a receiver, he's just a receiver at that point, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of guys that do what he does as a receiver, but I think making him a tight end, you know, separates him from so many guys, and that's why he gets the love that he gets and why he's considered the generational-type talent. But enough about Kyle Pitts. I'm going to kick it off to Malcolm. Pick number seven, who do you got here? Oh man, so there's a lot of options I wanted to do here. I mean, to, to be completely honest, realistically, I am hoping this is a pick that we can trade back. That I mean, that's probably my number one option if the offensive tackles are gone. Okay, so in this mock, I have those offensive tackles flying off the board early. So I went with the best defensive player in the draft, and that is Mika Parsons. I went with Mika. I went, I went with Mika. I mean, he's a guy, you know, he's an all-ball linebacker. A lot of people talk about this pick because they say, oh, you know, I feel a little skeptical drafting an off-ball linebacker inside the top 10. And we had the discussion. I mean, there's a lot of good that come out of it. You know, a lot of good linebackers are, you know, like I was telling Pierre last week, were, were drafted in the top 10. A lot of them, a lot of the good ones were. I mean, there's some guys who were drafted late, but you look at the Luke Heakleys, the, the, the guy who was just drafted from Tampa. the Devin White. Devin White, you know, those all those got drafted inside the top 10. So I think it's a good value there. Just drafting him and just getting the best defensive player in the draft and getting him early. Now, uh, those off-field issues, like, are you saying, like, right now they're not there? No, I mean, the off-field off issues are still there. The thing is that I feel like that they happened so long ago, I don't think it's going to hurt him too much. They happened when he was 17, you know, 16, 17, when it happened. And he had no issues in college. I mean... The thing is, when you're a kid, kids make mistakes and they do dumb shit. Um, I've read he had issues in college, but they're allegations, so I don't want to like. Yeah, I mean, allegations. It, there's, there's an allegation. Nothing really happened for him in college. I think he was pretty, pretty clean. Besides, you know, allegations. Nothing really set in stone that he did anything. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I feel comfortable picking him. I don't think he's gonna be a a guy that's gonna have a whole bunch of off the field issues if you draft him. 
you know, based off character. So I, I feel comfortable drafting them. I mean, that's that's fair. I will say though, I, I was not on this boat maybe a couple weeks ago, but you know, you watch those pro day numbers and those are freak numbers right there. And what, what he did that Penn State pro day and like he he now put himself in this conversation where I would be comfortable now taking Micah Parsons to pick number seven because I was always on the boat saying if the lines don't take an offensive lineman or quarterback at pick number seven. I'm kind of rolling it out, just not loving the pick at that point. But I'm now on this boat where I think Micah Parsons, I mean, dude, this is a staple. This is the guy you build off in the linebacking core. And, you know, these guys are important. I mean, I, I think you, you hit on the nail when you said Devin White. I mean, wasn't Devin White arguably the most valuable player in that Super Bowl and they won that Super Bowl for sure Kansas was. City? Sure was. I mean, I think it's coming to a point where we see in the NFL where this is a passing league. You need these guys where you, you need a guy in your locker room who could cover running backs, a guy who could cover tight ends consistently. And I don't know if that's necessarily Parsons' best ability, but I think he, he could be very good at it with that speed he showed at that pro day. And I think somebody could definitely get out, get that out of him with that size he has and that build, you know, build frame he has. I think a team could definitely get that out of Parsons. So um, these guys are a lot more valuable, especially in today's NFL. So no disagreement. Micah Parsons is a phenomenal player. And, you know, I, I can't hate that pick. I think that would honestly be a potentially home run hitter and a, a guy that you potentially give the C patch one day to because these guys are you build the defense off of now because you need guys who can consistently cover running backs and consistently cover tight ends. Devin White is a difference maker having on a defense. If you have a guy who could cover those guys, it makes it so much easier on the defensive side of the ball. So no disagreement. If you think Parsons is that type of guy, and I think he could be that type of guy in the right system. So no, no disagreement there. I think Parsons is a phenomenal prospect. And after that pro day, it's, it really blew me out of the water. Are you, yeah, are, you, are, you, are, you are you concerned about like the allegations are, that, that's going on with him? I'm always innocent. I mean, you're innocent and then proven until guilty. Innocent until proven guilty, right? I mean yeah. – I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened inside. I'm not, you know, a fucking judge. I can't make those accusations. I, I don't know what happened. Like, I, I'm going to control what I can control. I'm going to control what I've seen from the football side. And if he's a damn good football player, so I'm okay with taking it. I don't know what, what happened outside. And that's for Brad Holmes and his scouting department to do the more digging on. I don't do that stuff. I'm going on what I see on the field on the football stuff. He gives me everything I need on the football side, and he's a guy I want on my team. So I I, I can't say I'm not going to discard it, but that's not my problem. I mean, like, I don't look into that stuff. I look at, I look at what's on the football field, right? I don't look at, you know, the inside nitty stuff and allegations. Like, obviously, it's important stuff, but, like, that's none of my business because at the end of the day, I'm never going to know that stuff until it's actually proven in a, in a court. So Facts. That's true. I mean – that's fair, right? I mean, if I, if I had that, you know, knowledge where I could actually like do this inside scooping, I'll tell you that, guys. But like, it's okay. Like, like I'm saying, if these allegations were true, let's just say they were true, would you guys touch them? No, because they're okay. alleg. But but we don't know that. Yeah, exactly. We don't know that. So I mean, it's it's just like when people ask me, "Don't these injuries scare you?" Like, guys, I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you <laughs> what this guy's gonna look in five years. Like when people say, "Oh, doesn't Rondell Moore's injury scary?" Uh, like sure yeah him not being in the field scared me but like do i know the significant damage that's going to be on him in the next five years no i don't know what the significant damage is going to be on him next year or jalen waddle's ankle next year i don't know that stuff i'm not a doctor aren't always right either right injuries happen it's nfl it's football injuries yeah. are part of the game it's just part mm -hmm. of the game i know a lot of people were scared about Tua last year and he's played 
you know, you need your hurt. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just going to look at the stuff I could look at and the stuff I can actually evaluate because I can't evaluate a guy's ankle or evaluate a, guy, evaluate a guy's foot. I'm going to evaluate what I see on the film, and that's what I'm going to go off. I'm not going to go off all the, the nitty stuff because that's for the scouting department to take care of, not me. Yeah. I mean, awesome. that pick, though, he fits the defense. He's athletic. They're bringing in athletic guys in free agency. So if the, if the off-field issues check out, hey, you got my vote. You like got, I'm telling you, you get, you get a guy that's going to be a staple of your defense. You have a, a staple of your defense yeah. for many years from now. So I don't love the pick, but I like the pick. So I was listening to you guys' locker room, the one I wasn't on last week, and I, I, I don't understand why people are not okay taking a linebacker in the top ten. It's like, weren't you guys all in the Isaiah Simmons boat last year? That, that's what, bro, I was saying the same thing. I was it like, where's this coming from? I was, I was saying, where's this coming from? But Did like, I say it was a safety? Like, okay, I I that's, okay, fine. But it's just like, linebackers are important. Like, why are we treating linebackers like, they're like running backs in the top 10. Like that's a difference. Like if you take a running back in the top 10 compared to a linebacker, linebackers are staples. I mean, the most valuable player in the Super Bowl could have arguably been the linebacker. Devin White. He jabbed in the top 10. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what I was like. I was like, why are we, pe- why are we scared of a, of off-ball linebacker in the top 10? I don't, I don't get it. Luke Keekly Wasn't he like the top linebacker in, in the league for years? Probably the best and linebacker he, in the league. And he's, and not, not even just the linebacker. He's one of the best defensive players on the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and, he and, was. And he was. Yeah, he was. And, he picked inside the top ten. I mean, I, I don't get it. I, I didn't get. I didn't get that part of it. What? It's a positional value. It's like so. It's like um, like to me, it's kind. Of, it's not as bad as drafting a tight end in the top ten, but it's kind of up there. Not as bad as drafting a tight. It, it was. It's way better to draft a tight end. Yeah, top. but it's just a positional value. Like you'd rather value offensive line, quarterback, and wide receiver. And over right. a linebacker and wait, 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 wait. Right. it depends on it depends on like all right for example if you have a linebacker that's posting elite numbers right like like he's coming out with a four four or he's running a four three four or you know, or a low four five or a four four linebackers six four two forty I mean I shit mean, that's elite Mika numbers Parsons is is different obviously but. I personally would still rather just take a quarterback receiver or maybe like an offensive lineman over Parsons, but I do like Parsons. Not like I wouldn't hate it. I just don't love it. All right, let's switch gears. I got my seventh pick overall. Here we go, here. Tyler's pick. This is interesting because I have no idea who's picking. It's Malcolm again. This time, talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of our program, you'll receive personal art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discords, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of all that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is... You can get all of this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site that will charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance to this program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check the description box in this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com join. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so I actually had Justin Fields available on my board, and if this was me drafting, I realistically probably would have taken Justin Fields, and I don't need to really explain it. I've talked about it before, but I went a route that I think is very realistic, and I went with Rashawn Slater here. Uh, so Penny Sewell is obviously gone. Mm. I went with Rashawn Slater here. I've talked about him a lot. Slater is one of those guys I'm just really falling in love with this draft. He's he's coming up in this draft as one of my like arguably top five players overall in this draft. Not talking about Whoa. possessional you know, positional value of the quarterback position. I'm talking about just a pure player. Rashawn Slater does it all for me. His versatility to play the tackle position, the guard position, even the center position if needed, which I don't think will ever come down to that. But the positional value where he could do anything is so important to me. And the dude's a dog. I mean, I think the dude could be such a such a good player, especially at the, the offensive guard position. I know he's getting talked to be an offensive tackle, but I think if you put him inside and play that guard position – I think you're getting a dominant player in all phases of the football field and a guy that's going to help your football team in every single phase, the passing game, the running game. And every single phase, he's going to help. And it's a guy you want on your team, and it's a guy that's going to make your football team better. And if it's a, good, if it's a guy that's going to make your football team better, I want him in my locker room. And that's Rashawn Slater. So um, a guy that's going to improve the offense. And we see what the offensive line does in football. If you have a top-notch offensive line, you can get away with maybe mediocre quarterback play or mediocre even wide receiver play. Um, if I mean, look at Dallas. Look at Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis is a great example. I mean, they had an old Phillip Rivers last year, end of his career, had a great offensive line, though. Not the greatest playmakers. Still ended up being a 10-6 and team. Almost slips a playoff game in Buffalo and could have really made some damage maybe with a legitimate quarterback. So just showing what the later-end quarterback in his career with a dominant offensive line could do, the Lions have the offensive line to be very, very good, and they're building one very nicely. You know, they got a staple in Taylor Decker. They got a staple in Frank Ragnall, who they'll hopefully extend very soon. I think you get Slater in here, play the inside position, you know, go along with Jonah Jackson, and then maybe you figure out that right tackle position if it's someone you got on your roster with Big V, Terrell Crosby, or, you know, in the draft. I know Malcolm unmuted his mic because Big V is not part of this plan. I was just saying the name. <laughs> oh, uh, but also, they did come out today in Tavo that they, they view Big V right now as a guard. Yeah, they, I did. I, I, I did see that in Campbell's press here. But um, overall, I'm just saying I think this guy could be a dominant offensive guard in the next level. I, I could see why you know teams would want him to play tackle. I think it, it's very possible he gets the opportunity to play tackle to start off his career. But I think if you move this guy inside, I think he's a dominant player, and I think he could be a top five, top ten guard in the NFL. And you know, getting down the first round is very important to me. And 
I think this is maybe going the BPA approach, and this was the best player that I saw on the board, and that's who I took here. And Rashawn Slater is my pick here. Hey, they did send Hank Freddy to his pro day, so I'm just saying. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I yeah. like Slater. Just Malcolm always says it. Just go watch him against Chase Young. Yeah. Not just, that one clip. Watch the entire game. Yeah, There's that yeah, one the clip game. on Twitter. Watch the entire game, and you'll see how we shut down. Yeah, uh, shut him down the whole game. I mean, he does everything in the passing game and the running game. It's like, who doesn't want this guy? And and just pairing him next to Frank Ragnow sounds so beautiful. It sounds and, so beautiful. And and like again, this, that's one of those positions that's gonna just make multiple positions better. Yep. Yep. He's gonna make the he gonna make golf actually might look good. <laughs> he might make your, golf look good. He's he gonna make the running backs time. He gonna give the playmakers time. He gonna make give the running backs the running lanes. I mean, he makes other people better, so I'm I'm all in. I mean, shit, uh, that's that's a guy who I wanted, but he was he was just gone in my mark. He, he was oh. gone. Okay, okay. Yeah. So let's go on to pick forty-one for the Detroit Lions, second round pick, early second round pick. I'm gonna kick it off to Pierre. Who do you have the Lions taking here at pick forty-one? Um, I used to mock a defense attack to the Lions, but they did trade for Michael Brockers, and they do have needs in the secondary. So I went with a cornerback, Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, his dad played for the Eagles. Interesting. Um, back there. Yeah, the reason why I went to Asante Samuel Jr., the Lions don't really have a nickel on the roster right now. They don't. And in my opinion, Asante Samuel Jr. is the best nickel in this draft. And I think he's predicted to go in that late one, early two range. So I think he's a realistic target. Detroit also did meet with him at uh, virtually. So he did have a, vir- had a virtual meeting with Detroit. And he fits, right? So you have Akuda, Amani, and Samuel. Like, imagine all those guys reach their potential. Good luck, right? Like, good luck passing on these guys. Now, Samuel Jr. does have some issues with tackling and stuff, but he's still young, and the right coaches could fix it. And I think Pleasant and Glenn could fix that. Okay. Nice. Sante Samuel. I, I mean, that's interesting because it kind of like just takes out the building block that I kind of set stone on a defense. I always say build from the front, then build from the back. Um, but no, you can't doubt that Asante Samuels pick. He's a very good prospect. So, you know, not a bad pick there, you know, and like you said, a very good nickel corner. Yeah. And you, you look at the roster, like, okay. And the reason why I also put him there, like for real, who do they have at nickel? Mike Ford. Uh, He's not a nickel. He's not a nickel. He's an outside Uh, guy. He's your best option though. And and both the guys that you had last year are gone. Justin Coleman released Dale Roberts to the football team. And then. Tony McRae still free agent, and I don't know if they want to reunite with him oh, there. Hell <laughs> all no. on special teams, but on well, I'm saying as far as the nickel corner. <laughs> no. Oh, um, so there are still some like decent free agent guys out there, but I think they're going to address the nickel in the draft, whether it's just like the second or third or fourth, whatever. So yeah, so that's, that's an interesting pick. Okay, so I'm going to kick off. To, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, that's definitely interesting. You know. Two years in a row, you're taking a corner pretty highly. You took obviously a corner pick number three last year, mm-hmm. and then you're taking a corner here in the round two. So, you know, well, let's... I did used to mock an edge and defense tackle, but they re signed Aquara, they um, they traded for Brackers, yeah. So, okay, kind of filling need with BPA, and there was Asante Samuel. So, we mm-hmm. got a wide receiver, we got a corner on Piers mock. Okay, we're gonna kick it off to Malcolm, who we took a linebacker. If you guys forgot, Micah Parsons. So, pick 41. Who do you got here, Malcolm? Wow, this is crazy because I have the same exact person. God damn it. I have hey, Asante. Let's go. <laughs> I was drafting Asante Samuel Jr. And this is crazy because um have you ever seen have you seen his dad play? Like that yeah, time? he was a baller. 
So Start, you have? Yeah. Was it was it like I, his I later career? Was it yeah, when he was I mean, in the Eagles? Later into his career, yeah. Okay, his main his prime was when he was actually with New England. Dog, okay. dog. He was a dog, and his son just as just as much of a dog as him, man. He's not the biggest guy. He's very small, just like his dad. That was not not the biggest corner, but that dude know how to jump routes, know how to make plays, and his son is the same exact way, and I love it. And this is a position that's actually neat because, like Pierre said, we have absolutely nobody at corner uh, at nickel. So if, <laughs> if we don't dress this early, this is not gonna this is gonna be a weird situation because you don't want to just plug in anybody at nickel because that's a having a nickels is a pretty important position because they're they're low key starters especially um, in today's NFL exactly especially in today's NFL with the the way this this pass league is most yeah. teams are running you know you know trips you know or or, or three wide outs you know so you, you got to have at least three corners that know what the hell they're doing and um this is this is a, this is a good pick i mean like 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 Pierre said this is one of the best players available and especially at corner man and you need a nickel He's that guy. I think he's probably the best nickel. Probably be the best nickel in this draft class. I I like both of you guys' approach because you guys kind of took the same approach as me. I, I'll get into my pick in a little bit, but you guys both took the approach of guys that are going to have immediate impact on the team right away. So you got a receiver who has all the potential to be a wide receiver one to start off the gate. I mean, just with the receiving room, Jamar Chase, Micah Parsons. I mean, the linebacker right. room. You have the potential to be a day one starter. With my pick, Rashawn Slater, a guy that could definitely start day one of the offensive guard or offensive tackle position. Then you guys both go here, Asante Samuel. The Lions don't have a nickel corner on their roster right now, so a guy that they're gonna have to insert in the ro- insert, you know, as a starter right away. So you guys are kind of taking the same approach as me, and we're getting immediate starters for this football team, which is a rebuilding year, obviously. So an ad- audition year where guys are getting opportunities, and you're gonna see you know, who's part of this long-term, and you guys are getting guys who are going to get that audition right away. So I, I like this approach you guys are going. So with that being said, I did not take a corner here. I picked 41. And I actually went the linebacking route. So almost the same approach as Malcolm. I, I went with Jabril Cox. Jabril Cox here from LSU. I picked 41. Uh, I mean, mm. Jabril, Co- Jabril Cox is one of my favorite prospects, actually, in this draft. I think he's just a super fun prospect. Um, and he kind of fits that mold of, like what I was mentioning, like that Devin White, your Micah Parsons, a guy you just need in your locker room. You know, he's a guy that's going to be able to cover running backs. He's a guy that's going to be able to cover tight ends. And we saw a full display of that at LSU this year. And we even saw a bigger display of that at the Senior Bowl when he was versing SEC, more SEC competition, ACC competition, Big Ten, and everyone outside of the Power Five. He really displayed that. And, you know, his story coming from North Dakota State, same school as Trey Lance, and then, you know, coming here as a fifth-year senior at LSU, obviously a you know, going from a non-Power 5 school, going straight to the SEC, there wasn't much of an adjustment period for Jabril Cox. You know, the one problem I see with Jabril Cox is, you know, maybe in the run game, you know, he doesn't really shed blocks all that well. But as far as a coverage guy and something the Lions really lack in the coverage game as far as a linebacking aspect, you know, the last, you know, really good coverage linebacker they had was DeAndre Levy. You're getting this again with Jabril Cox. I think, you know, the the shedding the blocks, you know, I think that that can improve as, you know, his, you know, him getting coached on in the NFL. I think that can definitely improve, um, you know, getting him in the NFL system. But overall, you know, coverage is the name of the game and it's a passing league. And you, like I said, with Parsons, you need guys who are going to be able to cover running backs and tight ends. And you're exactly getting that with Jabril Cox. So, you know, some people might call this a reach at 41. I personally don't think it's a reach because I think he's a day one starter and I think he's going to be an immediate product where, you know, he, he has all the skill traits to be a very, very, very good player. And, 
like I said, he fits today's NFL, and I just don't see this type of player going away anytime soon. So uh, Jabril Cox at pick 41 for me. So Yeah, I like it. One thing um, about Cox that's like not a lot of people mentioned, he basically went from a D2 school to yeah. D1, and he didn't show like any, No adjustment like, period. No adjustment. Like, he just balled out. Like It was like natural for him. Yeah. That's something big that people don't talk about as much about Cox. And I like Cox, bro. I like and, the pick. And, and he was a captain immediately, if I'm not mistaken, at LSU. I think in his fifth year at LSU, which was his first year, obviously. But his fifth year as a college pro, he, he immediately got the captain patch, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, just he, he balled. And like you said, no adjustment period. And like I said, he did have the senior bowl when he versed every type of competition where you go as far as Big Ten, ACC, and, you know, everyone around the country. And right. he, he, he proved it. But let's go to pick 72 here for the Detroit Lions. I'm going to kick it off to you, Pierre. Who do you got the Detroit Lions taking here at pick 72? I'm going with the true three-tech, Tommy Togai out of Ohio State. I think I pronounced his name right. I'm not sure if I didn't. I'm sorry. But uh, he's basically a guy who's quick, uh, very explosive. He's not as big, though. He's like a smaller guy. Um, but he could pressure the quarterback, right? Problem with him is sometimes like he gets tied up into blocks. Like He doesn't shed blocks as well in the run game. But he's your pass rusher. He gets there. Um, another problem is he's only had like one year of production. You know, like he came out of nowhere this year. That's another down thing. But I feel like he's an ascending player in the third round. It's a good risk to take at 72. Yeah, fair enough. You know, it seems like a lot of these Big Ten guys, obviously, the experience is the one thing lacking because they had the shorter season, obviously, where they started a lot later. And only had an eight-game eight, eight season, and then some games were even canceled due to COVID. So, you know, some for some of these teams, they only had like six, seven games, and then obviously the college playoffs if you made that. So, you know, experience is one thing that's lacking. But if you're if you're going on pure upside and a guy that has a bunch of upside, no, you're definitely getting that with a player here. So, um, I like that pick. Um, a little different route because this is not a guy that I don't think is an immediate starter. I think this is a guy that you're going to have to definitely groom, and you know. You have you have the guys that who could start in his place for now. You got you know you got your Michael Brockers, you got uh, your Deshaun Hands, you got your John Penasini's. You got guys who could step in for that role where he could maybe be a rotational guy. You know maybe get 20, 30 percent of the snaps in his rookie year, and then maybe as the season goes on, takes a bigger role, and then maybe he can you know be a, a cornerstone piece going forward for your rebuild. But I like that's that. That's the idea. That's the idea. And you yeah. plus you have like a true three tech that the Lions have. They don't really have like. A true, true three-tech. Um, they have Cornell, but, you know, like, he's a seventh-rounder coming off a major injury. Yeah. The Sean Hand just can't stay healthy. And he's not also, like, a true three-tech. He's more like a three and a five. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, Michael Brockers is, like, a bigger guy. He's not as athletic. Like, he's not as, like, quick and athletic. He's more power. Oh, guy's more, like, um, quick. So. Yeah. So you're definitely better on the upside here because, like you said, the experience is a little little. So. All right. I'm going to kick it off to Malcolm. Pick 72. Who do you got here? All right, so pick 72. Look like I went defensive players back-to-back. And in the third round. Oh, I think you're going to go back-to-back. No, no, not with this pick. I'm actually doing something different. I'm actually going to the offensive side of the ball. Um, We do lack um, a receiver. So in this this round, in round three, I actually went with Nico Collins, the guy who you guys are pretty familiar with. Um, Nico Collins. Yeah. You you said you ran a 4-3? Four. You ran a 4-4, right? I think it was a, f- a low four fours, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's six four. Oh, six. That's what he says. He's a six four. Oh, my bad. Um, yeah. I was about to say, wait a minute. I thought you ran a four four. Yeah, I thought you said four three. I was like, wait a minute. But um, yeah, he's a guy who 
I think has the potential to be a number one receiver if you put, put him in the right situation. I don't think he'll come in as a number one receiver, but I think you have a production kind of like a Kenny Galladay. You know, you never know. So I have him at, at round three because we do lack receiver depth and we do lack a playmaker at receiver. I think, you know, in due time, he could be that playmaker at wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Nico Collins, he displayed that at the Senior Bowl as well. You know, he was one of those guys. He is like your kind of Kenny Galladay. He's going to run, you know, be a true vertical threat who's going to just snatch the ball away. You know, maybe not the greatest route runner, maybe not the greatest guy that's going to kill you with speed, even though he had some nice speed at his pro day. But, um, no, that's the type of receiver that we've seen on Nico Collins. He was another one of those guys that uh, obviously opted out in the 2020 season, so we didn't get to see him this year, which didn't really mean much because Michigan kind of stinked. But... uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Um, it was, it was, maybe it was a smart move. I mean, yeah. I mean, it looked like a dumb move at the time. You know, but like, you know, I mean, Nico Collins, you know, you got to kind of make up some ground. But he went to the senior bowl. He balled out. He he didn't look like he lost a step. So it might have been the right decision. But, yeah, I like I, I like it. You know, I'm like kind of, you know, kind of um, comparing it to kind of, I think he could have like a Chase Claypool type season, you know, if, if everything works out correctly, you know. Different type of receiver, but yeah, I can see yeah. what you're talking about, like where it works out for him. But yeah, I, I think I think the Galladay comparison is actually kind of comparable to a certain degree. I don't think he's necessarily Galladay. I think they're a little bit different. I think Galladay's more of a, you know, he's more twitchy. Yeah, Galladay's one of those guys who's going to just snatch that ball, like any 50-50 ball he's going to take. And Nico Collins yeah. could be that guy, but like he's just a little more slimmer, a little more faster. Galladay is just that's a big body, dude. I mean, that's hard to contain. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, a good, like, uh, like, um, I kind of agree with Tyler said. Nico's like a little smaller than Galladay. He's faster. Galladay is stronger and bigger and a little slower. But yeah. their skill sets, like, like what they do, are are really similar. Just run down the field and catch that 50-50 ball and be exactly. big in the red zone. Exactly. And it's so weird because Michigan's never actually had a big arm quarterback to, like, run these. Yeah. And they always had these type of receivers. It just doesn't make sense. So, yeah. All right. But, uh, I'm going to go. I'm gonna move forward. So I'm, I actually also want a receiver here, and I was gonna—I was actually had Nico Collins on my board here, and I was very considering taking him at the spot, but I actually went a different route and went the Oklahoma State route, and I went Kate Cunningham. What? No, you guys. Mm. Eh, no, I didn't take Kate Cunningham. I was about to say <laughs> that's that's basketball. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> that, that, that's for the Pistons. That's for the Pistons. Number one pick in, in the upcoming draft. No, I took the other Oklahoma State boy. I took Tylen Wallace here. I like it. Ty- Tylen Wallace is a guy. He—he's. This is no dis- this is no discard. This is not time to be funny, but he's the great values version of Jamar Chase. And I mean this in zero disrespect because, like, you're like, come on, you're calling him a knockoff? No, no, no. I mean this in a good way. Like, great values is – I like great values. Like, when you go to Walmart, like, a great values is good. That's Tyler Wallace. Like, he's not a knockoff. He's, 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 a, he's a good knockoff, like, to a certain okay. degree. Like, you're so- getting a Jamar Chase-esque type player – but in round three, but you're not necessarily getting Jamar Chase. You're getting very close production from Jamar Chase, but you're not getting Jamar Chase. So you're saying that he's like nine ninety nine. Well, well, he he's not nine ninety nine, but he's like nine ninety eight. Is what you're saying? Like as far as the price, he's the great values version. Like he's yeah. like, like Wait, that's how usually is like nine ninety eight. Like they have like a cent cheaper. Like he's not. <laughs> just so, 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 so it's like you know when you go to like you go to Kroger's, you get like the name brand grapes, or whatever. Or if you go to Aldi's, you get like you know they're not name brand, but they're still very good. That's what Tylen Wallace is. Like, he's still very good, and you're getting a very good player here. And he just reminds me a little bit of Jamar Chase as well. Like, you know, he's a guy that, 
you could put him in any role, and I think he'll thrive. And you could put him in the outside, I think he'll play well. If you put him in the slot, he'll play well. He he fits any type of scheme that you put him in. And, you know, the Oklahoma State offense, and you watch that film, it's like it's just a bit weird because it's just an air raid offense, so you don't really yeah. see much. But something where I think he really benefited off, and what really caught my eye was the senior bowl because when he was working with – I want to say it was the Miami Dolphins staff. I'm pretty sure it was the Miami Dolphins staff. So when he was working with the Miami Dolphins staff, they used him in a more NFL pro-style offense. And I thought he did a very good job. And he really caught my eye at the Senior Bowl. And like I said, he's a guy that you know he, he, he could be used anywhere in the slot. He could be used in the outside. I think he's a pretty good route runner. I think his route running is very underrated. Um, he's not the biggest target. But, I mean, I think people forget Jamar Chase isn't the biggest target. But when you watch Tyler Walls, he plays a lot bigger than his size. So he's only like 5'11", 6 foot. But when you watch him, you think he's like 6'2", 6'3". He plays a lot bigger than what he actually looks. So getting him at pick 72, I thought was very, very good value. So I, I, I like Tylen Wallace, and I love the versatility that he also brings you know, to this offense where you could line him up anywhere, and I think he'll be, he'll be very good. So Tylen Wallace is my pick at pick 72 here. All right. Nice, Tyler. nice, nice. Going to pick 101 with the Lions getting an extra third round pick. I kick it off to Pierre. Pierre, who do you got here? I try to make this like as realistic as possible. There was like some guys that were there who were like just probably not going to be there. And this is uh, this is a safety who's actually he was injured during this season, but I think he's a stud. Andre Cisco out of Syracuse. I don't know if you know him, Tyler, but um, this is a guy. Spoiler alert! I actually took him too. Oh, hey, nice. <laughs> um, this is a guy who, who's really explosive. He's not as big. He's only 209 pounds, but he has, like, he's six feet. I think he, he measured at, if I'm not mistaken, six feet. Um, he's an aggressive player. He needs to work on his tackling, though. He's not the best tackler, right? I, I think he'll be fine, though, in the NFL. With the right coaching, he'll be fine. So uh, he's kind of like, he's not a ball hawk, but he has... He has good skills. Like he's not like a ball hawking say like an elite guy, but he has good ball skills. Like if he needs to jump the ball, he'll get it. The only thing is though, he's coming off an injury, and he's two hundred nine pounds, which is not as big for safety, and he's not the best tackler. Other than that, I think if it wasn't for those issues, this guy um, could be like a first or second round talent. I mean, Pierre. I mean, you said he's not a, like a playmaker, a ball hawk. No, I said like he's not a like. Like a uh, like an Ed Reed ball hawk, but he can still go up and get the ball. I mean, you want to know this? I mean, <laughs> in 24 games, 13 interceptions and 14 pass breakups for Andre Cisco. Yeah, but like that's a playmaker. He's a playmaker. I'm just saying, like he's not like a um, he's not like an elite ball hawk safety, but he's a good ball hawking safety. Is that fair? I think he could. I think he'd be very good. I think he. No, could be I think very, I think his. I think he could be like a great safety at the next level. But he just needs to stay healthy and work and on his stuff. This fit in Detroit is exactly what they're looking for. I mean, I, I'm just going to go on and say what you're saying because I actually I told you I had Cisco as well. So I'm just going to you know go forward with, with this discussion. Cisco is exactly what they're looking for. He's the perfect complement for Tracy Walker. He is that split safety. He's the guy yep. that you put two safeties on the field. I mean. This is a guy you put in single high. This is the guy you – he's your center fielder. This is your playmaker. This is your ball hog. This is the guy that's going to make plays for you. So I think he is a playmaker. I think he's a ball hog. I think he can be a very good ball hog in the NFL. So, 
uh, especially in this defense, because that's exactly what they value. And I know, I know we don't necessarily know what the defense are going to run because Aaron Glenn, obviously brand new defensive coordinator, but from what we've heard, it's going to be a mix of the Rams and a mix of the Saints. And regardless of it's either one of those, they really value the safety position, the, the split yeah. safety positional. Uh, so regardless of it's the Rams or if it's the Saints, this position is very important, and it was very important in both systems. And Andre Sisco is one of those guys that th- those systems fall in love with. I mean, this is your Chauncey Gardner-Johnsons. I mean, th- these are, that's that type of guy you're getting in Cisco. So I, lo- I love the pick here. Cisco um, is my pick here at 101. And like you said, I think he could he could arguably have been a, a late-round one guy, early-round two guy. You know, there's not really been that one safety that – stood out to anybody this year you know as far as the draft community i don't know what scouts are thinking obviously there might be a guy but you know as far as that safety there isn't there hasn't been that one clear-cut number one safety and i could see cisco going a lot earlier than 101 honestly because i could see see him i could see a team falling in love with this guy a lot earlier so but you know going from the mock simulator used on the draft network i got him here at 101 and i have zero complaints because he's going to start for me day one yeah he's going to start with a Tracy Walker, but I do want to bring up one thing. I think there is a number one safety in this class. Maybe others won't agree, but to me, it's Trevon Mowrig out of BYU. Yeah, I mean that's like the that's like the people that are giving him it if they had to, or I think Richie Grant's up there. As I well. also do like Richie Grant. He's yeah, I like Richie two. Grant too. Um, Javon Holland, I believe, is number three for me, and so on. But uh, yeah, yeah, but Cisco's up there, man. I really like Cisco. Yeah, a lot. if he didn't have injuries and he was a little bigger. I feel like we'd be talking about it maybe as possibly the best safety in this class. Possibly. Yeah, he is really talented. I mean, it, it goes again. It's like I, I value it what I see. I, I, I can't tell you how lingering the injuries are going to be. And I'm just going by the player I've seen on the film. And this is a phenomenal player. So right. that's why I'm going Andre Cisco here at pick 101. But I'm going to kick it off to you, Malcolm. Who do you got here at pick 101? So we're all on Andre Cisco here, I'm, I'm assuming. You, you took two? him too? No, I didn't. Oh, I thought you took him. I was so happy. Oh, no, then I go Andre Cisco. I mean, that would have been a great pick, but he wasn't He wasn't there when I was able to pick him. Um, I actually went back. I went back defense on this one, and I went for a guy who I think may, he's not going to be a starter, but I think he could have a rotation to make an impact on this team. And and this is something that people always say you can never have enough edge rushers, and in Detroit's case, they need as many edge rushers as possible. They need as many guys to come in just to hopefully one of these guys to break out. You know, we need we need some breakout players. So the guy I'm looking at is Quincy. Is this, a, is this I knew this. I knew this. I was gonna say is this a senior bowl player. I knew this yeah, great Quincy, Quincy Roach. Quincy, Quincy Roach. Yes, I went Quincy okay. Roach. I mean, he had a he had a pretty damn good pro day. He ran a four six two and forty. Um, you know, he threw up, you know, his bench press. You know, twenty three times to two twenty five. You know, thirty two inch vertical as a defensive end. He's a very he's a very athletic guy. So, I think he's a guy that you can give him a rotation in Detroit and see what he can do. And you know, he could definitely help this pass rush, which is a pass rush that for many years since Ziggy Ansah, we we need help. We needed help in this pass rush, and I think this guy could come in and help this pass rush. I don't know about him being an immediate starter, but he will definitely have a role in this, on this defense and have some type of rotation to to definitely help us out. Yeah, Quincy Roche was actually one of those guys, you know, you looked at before the season, and when he was alongside Gregory Russo, obviously the season before, where, which he opted out, obviously, in 2020, he had a lot of success with Gregory Russo on the other side of him. But when he was called upon to be the guy this year in Miami 
I, I don't want to say he was disappointing, but he was disappointing. <laughs> so, yeah. He only had four sacks or, or yeah, three he, sacks or something like that. So, he did. so a very low number of sacks. I mean, he was a guy that I thought he could blow the waters off with Gregory Russo maybe out. I thought he could make himself make himself a real name in this upcoming draft and you know maybe consider himself a, a first-round pick potentially or even an early second-round pick. That was like the ceiling for Quincy Roche going into the college football season. Obviously, didn't really live up to those expectations, but I think if you limit his role, kind of like what Malcolm was saying, you know, maybe not an immediate starter, maybe a guy that just never is a full-time starter, a guy that just gets, you know, some snaps here and there, I think that might be his role at, at the NFL. I, I I could see that, you know, very well happening. And, you know, if he gets to the quarterback, that's all that really matters. I mean, that's, that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, we've seen when he's had guys on the other side of him, obviously not in the NFL, this was in the ACC, which is a lot, a whole lot different. But we've seen when he's had a guy across from him, the production he could do because he was really, really good when he had a, a really good edge rusher on the other side of him. So, you know, it's gonna be interesting. You know, maybe if you if you have a really good defensive line and you you stick a guy like Quincy Roche in there, what could happen? But that's gonna all I think depend on with the supporting cast around Quincy Roche is, you know, he's never going to be one of those guys that's just going to take over a defense or he's going to be the game changer on the defense. He's a guy that really relies on a supporting cast and there's nothing wrong with that because there's a lot of players that rely on a supporting cast. So, you know, especially when you're picking out one-on-one, I think that's very good value. If, if that's what you're going to get out of him, it's really good value. So if you get a guy that can be a situational pass rusher who gets to the quarterback when needed, Okay. And that's very important getting to the quarterback. So um, obviously pass rushing, pass rushing is, I think, single-handedly maybe the most important thing in football outside of maybe having a, a great quarterback or a great offensive line. It's yeah, the most sure. important aspect in defense, in my opinion. So you know, if you can get that guy, pick 101, I think it's phenomenal value. Yeah. Malcolm, that pick reminds me a little of what I did at 72. Like, toe guy's not going to come in and start right away, but he could rush the passer, and you can never have enough pass rushers like you said. Yeah, you never can have enough pass rushers, especially Detroit. We need as many as possible. I mean, shit, look at the Ravens. They let all these guys walk. Zadarius Smith, um, the, the other dude he just signed with the Judon. Patriots. Judon. They let these pass rushers walk, and they just bring these guys in, and they, they play like it's, like it's nothing. Yeah. All right. Let's get we need to have that type of success. I yeah, wish. hopefully, man. <laughs> We're like, you don't need to worry about resigning players. You have guys to replace them. All right, let's get a quick recap up in here, and then we'll do a quick little rebuttal, and then we'll end it here. So, here, what's your quick recap on this round mock draft for the Lions? Um, I got a wide receiver one in the draft, in my opinion, and then I got the best nickel in the draft with the Lions need, and I got a top six safety in the draft, which is good, in my opinion. I don't know what other things about Cisco. And then I got, um, I forgot someone, Togai. Togai is a guy with potential to rush the passer, um, it's obviously a gamble, but it's a gamble worth to take us in the third round, in my opinion. So Jamar Chase at pick seven, Asante Samuel pick forty-one, Togai from Ohio State at pick seventy-two, and at pick one hundred one, Andre Cisco. All right, Malcolm, let's get a quick recap up in here. Yeah. So, and I actually said this in the last episode. I want to just say it again. I love the pick seven, and I don't have a guy who I just don't want because I feel like any guy we get right now is going to make some type of impact on the team. Some type of way, I think whoever we get at, at at number seven, I mean, if they go wide receiver, they go linebacker, if they go offensive line, um, they go tight end. If we get any think, one position, they're not going quarterback. That's the thing. I don't think they're going quarterback. That's why I don't even know that though. Like they I, haven't said anything I'm, about I'm, that. They haven't I'm, even committed to Jared Goff long term. 
I'm a thousand. I'm telling you, like if they go quarterback, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm gonna have my mouth. Wide, I'm gonna have my wife. I'm gonna have my mouth wide open, like, <gasps> like shocked. If would they you go like it or would you hate it? I want to be a fan of it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I told you. I, I would love it. I'd be doing backflips in my living room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, until you see him whoa, play, gotta watch him. Gotta watch him play. Whoa, 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 whoa! Which quarterback are we talking about now? The top I mean, quarterback, Mac Jones. Okay, okay, okay. Make, you gotta make it clear. Because I, I told <laughs> Peter asked me, "What if the Lions took Mac Jones?" I told him, "I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do." Mac Jones, who? Mac Jones, who? Mac I, Jones. I, I, who? I don't know what I would do. I'll buy a jersey on deck, bro. Number ten. Let's go. Well, you're a Bama fan, so let's go, man. Mac Jones watched like a lot. Uh, of I do not. Jones. I don't. I don't want Mac Jones. I don't want Mac Jones here either. Oh, oh, oh. Mac, jo- Mac Jones ain't getting number ten. That number is already solidified in Detroit. Who well, has number ten? Because he, David Blau. <laughs> yeah, the goat. The goat. David Blau is gonna get cut. Come on! I mean, somebody has to get cut. I mean, think about it. They dropped a quarterback. You they get they get a whole five on the roster. If, if it's like a COVID season, I feel like like he could clear waivers potentially. Maybe they'll just like protect him. You know how they did that last year? They protected like a few players or whatever. They're not gonna hold five uh, four quarterbacks on the roster. There's All no right, hell, that's happening. All right, let's, let's get a quick yeah. Quick. All right, but yeah. All right, like I was saying, I think whoever we get at seven is gonna be an immediate starter, immediate impact player on the team. Outside of quarterback, and I don't think they're going to go quarterback. But if they go in the other position, I think we have a guy that's going to come in with a plug and play guy. What if they that's take a corner? What if they take a corner at seven? A good corner at seven, you can plug him in a nickel. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't get a guy that's going to come in and play, which is they're not going to do that anyways. I don't, I don't if want, I, if I don't, they I'm took, worried about um, that. like a certain Fraley or Horn, like one of those guys in the t- in seven, that would mean they're not high on either Okuda or Amani. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Not. I just, it would make zero sense to me. To me, that it, I, it, I'd be it, really it's too, mad. It's too early. It's too, it's too early to give one to lose confidence in one of those guys. Yeah, even, really even though even though Okuda played as worse as he could possibly play last year, I think it's still too early to give up on those guys. You know, um, if if they did that, but Brad Holmes or I forgot was it Brad Holmes or Dan Cobble, they did praise the young secondary. They said they believe in those guys. If they took one of those guys, though, it would feel like a wasted pick to me because. I mean, you took a corner last year. You have Amani Awarie. You you have other needs that you have to address. I know you go BPA, but it just doesn't make sense to take to take a corner. Yeah, the corner the corner is not going to be best player available. I don't care what board you're looking at. This doesn't make sense to me. I mean, some guys love the corners in this draft. I like them. I just I haven't really scouted. If we didn't have one, I wouldn't mind. If we didn't have yeah, one, but have yeah. One. But I think we have two of them. Two young guys. Obviously, both are a little unproven. But I feel like they could. Uh, okay, so let, let me let me make this clear. Outside the unrealistic situations for me, because <laughs> I think I don't think they're going corner. I don't think they're going quarterback. But whoever we get at seven, I think it's going to impact the team in some type of way. I don't think we're going to have a situation like we had last year, where I didn't feel comfortable of the guy coming in and right away and being that immediate starter. I don't think we're going to have that situation this year. So I think this is a very good spot for Detroit. So I'm happy. Um, in my mock, I went defense. Defense, defense, and defense. You know, I think defense is a position that is a, is a you know is a position that we definitely need because we saw what last year looked like. Last year looks looked bad. So I'm uh, I'm glad I actually went defense in this route that you know we get as many defensive playmakers as possible to kind of reshape our defense and have to definitely try to have a better defense. So that that's why I went that route. And then with the third with the third um the third round pick when I went with Nico Collins. 
he's a guy who I think, you know, could eventually be a playmaker for us. You know, I think we lack in on the on the roster, I think we lack a playmaker right now. I don't think we have like a playmaker. So I think he could come in eventually, maybe rookie year, maybe you know, second year. Who knows? But I think he could eventually be that guy that could be a number one receiver and ball out for us. Okay. All right. With my draft, I went the route of an offensive lineman with Rashawn Slater, obviously with the first pick. I, like I said, I think this is just getting a staple on the offensive line, a guy that you're going to build off of. And I think something to mention with offensive linemen, these guys are sustainable for a long period of time. Like, you're going to have an offensive lineman for till their mid-30s, and it's not a problem. Like, you know, when we talk about corners, you talk about receivers, when they hit that 30 number, it gets scary. You know, maybe they lose, lose some speed or, you know, there's not the same players they were when they first were drafted. When you get an offensive lineman, these guys, you know, sustaining are, are more, you know, guys are meaningful to your team for a longer period of time and guys you could build off for a longer period of time. So I think Slater just fits the mold of exactly what they need going forward this offensive line. And then at that point, I think you're building a very, very top-notch, top-notch offensive line at that point. You know, you got Decker, like I said, you got Ragnar, you got Jonah, and then you, you plug in Rashawn Slater with them. I think you got four of the five offensive linemen you know, positions figured out that spot and that's more than good. And then, you know, you could probably get away with, you know, a subpar right tackle at that point, or if Slater is your right tackle, maybe you can get passed with the subpar right guard, whatever. So getting a staple you know, offensive lineman is really important, really important to me. And as important to me as I went as early as to go and get one at pick number seven, if Penny Sewell's there somehow, I'm, that's what I'm doing backflips too. I'm doing backflips. If they well, are you doing backflips, there's a quarterback too. If Trey Lance is not Mac Jones, not Mac Jones, not yeah. Jones. If, yeah, if it's a top four quarterback, I'd probably do Mac with this too. But Penny Sewell, like I've said multiple times, he's my second overall prospect in this whole entire draft. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, he's my second favorite prospect in this draft. That's that's a Mueller, but he wasn't there, unfortunately. So I went Slater, who is not a bad constellation price because I love Rashawn Slater as well. So um, I went him, pick 41, Jabril Cox. Like I said, you know, you're getting a staple, obviously, on this defense as well for the at the linebacking spot and a guy that's going to be really important to what you're building and what's going to be really important in the NFL. And I think it's going to come to a point where every NFL team is going to need a guy like Jabril Cox. So, and what I mean by that is you're going to need a guy that's going to be able to cover running backs and receivers or running backs and tight ends at a consistent level. And these guys are just going to come more important. And that Super Bowl just displayed everything you need to see. And... Just watch Devin White because he does that. And I think you can get something not that, to that same tier, but you can get a guy that's going to do it at a very good level, and that's your Brocock. So I got him at pick 41. That's very important. Again, the defense of, you know, starting the re, the defensive rebuild. Um, I pick 72, getting Tyler Wallace. Not a guy that necessarily necessarily look at it being a wide receiver one in the NFL, but I think he's a very nice complement piece to a wide receiving core, and I think it's a position that Detroit could maybe address later down the line. And, you know, maybe a court with the quarterback next year or a quarterback in two years, because I obviously didn't address the quarterback position in this draft. But um, I think Tyler Walsh is going to definitely be a nice compliment piece going forward for this Detroit receiving room. I think he could be a nice two. And it's a guy that you could, you know, move him anywhere in your in, in your wide receiver. You could put him in the slot, you could put him in the outside, and he's going to be very good at. So getting okay. him at 72 was really nice. Pick 101, Andre Sisco. Another guy that's just going to start for me day one, he's going to be that split safety right across Tracy Walker. So this was a really important position for me. Something I really valued in this draft was getting the best player available and getting guys that are going to play for me right away and guys that I could see 
how they are and if they're part of my team going forward. I got immediate production that I don't need to baby or, you know, wait on. Like, I'm getting talent that's going to play for me right away. And that's exactly what I did with all four of these picks right here. And I think with Brad Holmes in his first year and rebuilding this roster, I think that's something he is going to have to try to maybe look into with the first four picks, you know, with the first three rounds as well. So get guys who can play for you right away and have, you know, pretty nice roles. Let them grow as the season goes on, especially in a rebuilding year. And then, you know, hopefully in 2022 and 2023 when you're ready to compete a little bit more. These guys are ready to play for you, and these guys are ready to ball for you, and they'll be on their rookie contracts. So um, I, I love all these picks for me. I, I'm really through the roof happy. <laughs> Honestly, I liked all of our picks. I wasn't one pick like, whoa, I didn't. I hated that. I actually liked all of yeah. them. Yeah, me yeah. too, man. Actually, Tyler, I, I actually have a question because I remember on your first pick, you did say Justin Fields was available. He was. Why, why didn't you go Justin Fields? So if this were me picking, I realistically probably would have gone Justin Fields. So I went a more, I think, a realistic route. What I think will more likely happen if that board fell out like that, if like Slater and Fields, I think realistically the Lions would trade back in the spy if the, if Justin Fields is on the board and and gain, and gain even more draft capital. And you said in the, in the top of the pod that you would love a trade back option and probably be your favorite option. And I honestly. I have no disagreement because I'm all in for gaining extra draft capital and gaining more guys who are going to play for me right away. So I think if Justin Fields was on the board, I think you give the Denver Broncos a call. I think you give the Carolina Panthers a call and say, hey, teams are calling right now. You know, Washington football team. Maybe New England. Yeah, New England football team. Like, you know, hey, you guys want you guys want this quarterback? Hey, come come trade up. Give us your first first round pick for next year. (laughs) And then or give us your second this year, you know, give us some draft capital. So I'm all down for that. I was going to say real quickly, uh, what happens if, because there's been that rumor with the San Francisco 49ers, and you probably know what the hell I'm about to say. <laughs> Who? Mac Jones. Who? Who? Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Hey, they're saying. They are saying that this may, and I said, I said this last episode, I said, man, don't get, don't, don't be comfortable saying, yeah, this is a trade Lance, trade Lance, trade Lance. This can honestly be a Mac Jones trade. What if they do go Mac Jones and Trey Lance is available at seven? Oh, go ahead, Tyler. I, I will say, as stupid as that pick is, and I'm not going to go into this again, but as stupid as that pick would be, it would benefit Detroit so much. But for my, my fiending addiction of just wanting to see Trey Lance in San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan, I'd be so disappointed. I'd be so disappointed. <laughs> so... Just for Kyle Shanahan's Shanahan sake and John Lynch's sake, I really hope that is not their plan is to take Mac Jones at three. And I, and, I, and I will not believe it until I see otherwise. I'm, not, I'm so sold this is just lollygag and town foolery until I actually see this. Because I don't think it's happening. I think there's a 0% chance there. All right, so I'm going to be honest. If, if I'm at seven and Justin Fields is there, and, and I love Justin Fields and the Lions love Justin Fields, even if they have like really good offers from other teams, I'm taking him. And you guys are like, why? Here's why. I looked a little into next year's draft. I did. And there's this one pass rusher that I absolutely love. I know this is way too early, but I love this guy. And if I think we'll have the number one pick, and I do think that, this guy's name is Kayvon Thibodeau. This is a guy like Garrett and most. He just destroys game plans. I want this guy on my team, him and Romeo Aquara. I mean, I know it's way too early, 
but we'll I'd rather go with Thibodeau. Just listen to me. I'm not done. I'd rather go with Thibodeau over Sam Howell or whatever his name is. So uh, We are doing a 2021 <laughs> three-run mock draft. We are currently talking about the 2022 NFL draft. Because, look, if they don't take a quarterback this year, let's say golf flops, they're going to pass on this guy. And this guy's a stud. Well, what I'm saying is that they're going to give golf two years to, to, to make something of his life. Here's the thing, Malcolm. Um, after like so, after this year, you have you have like hopefully you have your foundation. Like your foundation is there, and you're building yeah. on your foundation. Hopefully, you hit on your picks this year. So you're gonna see improvement. Then second year, the guys improve. If you pass a quarterback again next year, that could be like when your team could be like say Goff isn't really playing at this best level. That's why you're kind of stuck like what Washington is right now. They have a great defense. They're off the zone. They're at 19, and they had to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, but they but, have two first-round picks to move up if they like a guy. I know, but what I'm saying or is— Or trade for a guy. Like, what if there's a veteran on the board now? Like, what if there's, hypothetically, like the Rams had Stafford opportunity this you year? You never know. There's there's guys that you are You never know what the market's going to look like. Or, like, Deshaun Watson, for God's sake, is on the market right now. Like, who do you— going to be in the market in two years. How long is, yeah, how long is he going to be on the Texans? I'm just saying, though, you know, I want that guy next year— I just love Thibodeau. If you guys don't like him, just go watch. But, but my thing him. is, like, do you think we're going to be that bad to get the number one overall pick? I think yeah, it's, it's us in Houston. I think it's us no. in Houston. I think you trade Houston or the. Two I guarantee you. I guarantee you, this team's going to be in the middle of the pack. And the reason why I say that is because I, you know, I'm giving this coaching staff a chance. Wait, wait, wait. here's the thing: you the downgrade the pack, that quarterback, huh? you downgrade that wide receiver, the pack, like 15, 16? Like as far as like picking. Like, yeah, I mean that's still the past. Yeah, yeah, fifteen, sixteen. To be no, honest with you, no. oh, well, that is, well that not, not fifteen. Enough. Like, like maybe, maybe anywhere between ten to fifteen. And the reason why I say that is because how much do you believe in this coaching staff? Do you think this coaching staff is a big upgrade from last year? I believe in this staff. I don't think there's talent on this roster. I don't think there's like high end talent. I know, but like, like, all right, I'm gonna give you a top, I'm gonna give you a pretty good example. New England Patriots. They had absolutely nobody. Uh, Absolutely I nobody. I don't think Dan Campbell is Bill Belichick. Yeah, but I'm not saying he's Bill down. Belichick. I'm not <laughs> saying he's Bill Belichick. But I'm saying, like, if he's a solid coach, if he's a good coach, good coaches, what they do is they can get the best out of their players. Even, oh, if, they're, they even if they're a complete doo-doo <laughs> or they're not as good a talent, good coaches can get the best out of the players. But there's good coaches picking the top 10. Is Matt? Like, I like Matt Rule. I think he's a good coach. I think he could be a very good coach. He's picking the top 10 right now. Regardless of that, they're not picking number one. Carolina's not picking number one. But they're in the top ten. You they're said the Detroit's 10? not going to pick the top ten. It, it, it could be whatever. It could be top ten. I don't think they're going to be one in one in sixteen bad. I don't no, think they're going to be two two and fifteen bad. That you talk about number one overall pick. I think number one or number two overall. You look at the roster compared to other NFL rosters. This roster is bad right That's now. Just, good coaches get the best out of the players. Yeah, but like you downgrade that quarterback, you downgrade that wide receiver. Different system. There's going to be a different system. This and is you're different basically game, different game plan. Also, like all the guys you have on this roster, they're all learning new schemes, new special teams, new offense, new deal. It's gonna be adjustment period too for some of the guys. Who the, they're professional players? Who cares? They are, but it takes time to learn a new scheme. Like a lot of these guys haven't played in these type of schemes or anything. Football, it's, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something about some, when you when you play football. Football's football, bro. I know football's football, 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 but there's always an adjustment. It's just it's just terminology, time. but everything is pretty much the same. It's, just, it's, it's the same thing. It's a different language. Terminology, um, guys being comfortable playing in different roles, kind of. Uh, it, it's going to be. It's different than Patricia. It's a lot different. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Guys are gone. Okay, okay. But don't you like Brian Flores? Brian Flores. Yeah. 
Okay, what was his first year like? But did his this is a re- the same thing. It's the a rebuild. The Lions don't team. have talent, bro. It's different. I think I What's think our situation different. Is different. What, what is different? They they're doing uh, the same Jer- process as them though. No, because they didn't have a running back. They didn't have a tight end. They didn't have like their tight end was a pro bowl tight end. Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki is a pro bowl tight end. No, it's the same tight end as they have right now. I know that, but he's not productive. He's not productive, is he? He's, he's good. good. What, what, what? He's good, but he's not. He's not like a seven eight hundred yard receiver in tight end. He's not a TJ Hawkinson. Okay, okay. What I'm saying is that they were both rebuilding, though, and that's what rebuilding teams do. Their, their main purpose is sucking in 2021, and you're just auditioning basically and seeing if you're part of the long term plan. I I'm a hundred percent sure they don't go number one overall. If they go no more overall, I'll one, give each of you hundred dollars each. It's top. I'll I mean, give I'm each not, of you hundred dollars each. If I they go guarantee one they'll one. be in the top ten. Hey, top ten doesn't matter. I could. I, I, I it could be top like, ten. It could be a top ten. They could be I like tenth overall. I, I don't care. I, seven. I guarantee they're in the top seven. If, if they're number ten overall, I don't care. But I to be to say to say that they're gonna be number one overall bad. Hell no. Here's the thing. You're also in a tough division, right? The number have, one overall bag. I'll, I'll give you $100, and I'll give you $100. If this team goes if this right team now, goes, go number one overall pick next year. I mean, I'm not taking your 100 whatever. But uh, look, if you have the Packers I'll and you have the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's messed up. Please, save this episode. And listeners, shoot, you want to chime in? If this team goes number one overall pick bad. Hey, even, I will chip in. I'll pay you, you and Pierce, you one hundred dollars. You and Pierce stole me a dinner. Oh yeah, <laughs> for, for, for last year. Yeah, for, for last AJ, year. For last year. For last year. Yeah, because we yeah. had our, we had our goggles on. But that, that'll I, happen soon. Don't worry about that. I got this, this team. This team. I think they're gonna be competitive. Just like just like Carolina. I think they're gonna be very similar to Carolina. And that's where I kind of met like middle pack. But yeah, I see them exactly the same as Carolina last year. Okay, that's what I see. You know, I kind of see like Atlanta. I see, I know I see, I see like the Dolphins Panthers which is four maybe five wins. The thing, the thing is yeah I mean you can say the Dolphins but the come on Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a quarterback man. <laughs> He's not a proven quarterback. He I mean just... I'm not be honest bro I don't think Jared Goff is that good. Wait. Why? I mean Jared Goff is in the same tier as Teddy Bridgewater. Exactly. Yeah, he's not good. He's average. Yeah, I don't. I don't like either of them that much. <laughs> so, <laughs> but come on, man. He's not Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. He's gonna. He, this guy has. He, he's not he gonna has... throw a ton of picks. He's not gonna be like up and down. But Jared Goff is just like to me. He's average, and I hope he proves me wrong. And dude, if he balls out, hey, I'll be so happy if he balls out. You, 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 he's gonna prove you wrong. I mean, but like, I think he is. I think he is. I think he's gonna have a no offense. I think he's gonna have a hell of a year. Hey, prove I hope, bro. To you know, that's prove me wrong to what right degree? Like to be him, I think you so li- have a hell of a year. I think you have so a hell of a year. With what's hell of a year? Solidifying himself as a franchise quarterback? Yeah, like uh, that, pretty much. That's uh, for me. Uh, I mean, what is a hell of a career? Go. I mean, what's a hell of a year? I think you have a very solid year because I think we're gonna have a running game finally. A hell of a year and a solid year is way different. What is he gonna have? Is he what's a what's a hell of a year? Hell of a year. Put up productive numbers. He might go. He might go. He might go. I wouldn't be shocked if he put up 28 touchdowns and 12 picks. So next year on this day, could I be saying Jared? Is you're saying that Jared Goff? I could say proudly, Jared Goff is my quarterback, and I am willing to build around him. You could say that if he's having a solid year. Why not? And and you think that's very possible that could happen? It's very possible it could happen. He's a number for future. He's a you know he's a. Past number one overall pick. You I mean he had success in the football? He had success in the league. He's won road playoff games, won away playoff, won one home playoff games, won a road playoff games. Went to the damn Super Bowl. 
I mean, he has a he yeah. has a resume. He has a resume. I mean, he has the resume. Let's be honest. Though, I mean, and, and, everything... and, 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 and I'm gonna say this: in 2018, when he was playing at his top his top level, everybody was confused about who was better, him or Matthew Stafford. And they'll just say, "Oh, I knew, I knew Matthew Stafford." No, okay, okay, okay. That's the national media who just sees L.A. and Detroit and automatically thinks the L.A. guy's better. I mean, did you see Colin Cowherd's rankings since Stafford's on the Rams? Now he went from 14th to number seven. Now that he's a Ram, I, I get you. But even you, Tyler, in 2018, had questions about, about Stafford. You put him in the in the Alex Smith category. I never compared him to Jared Goff because you thought probably thought Jared Goff was better. No, never thought Jared Goff was ever better than Matthew Stafford. Hey. <laughs> Um, you, you know, I don't think I've ever said anything like wrong about Stafford. On I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I don't know if I've ever said like Stafford is not a top ten quarterback on the show. I think I always have. Um, just the, the thing with Goff is like, think about it. The Rams gave up two ones, and Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. It tells you what the Rams think about Goff first of all, and it also, um, in general, just says like. How do I, I say mean, this? I mean, he had to be thrown in the deal regardless, some way or the other. It's like I mean, he, he had to be thrown he, in the deal, had, but like I say it this way, we got it this way. He, yeah, is Matthew Stafford an upgrade over Jared Goff? Absolutely. He's like a big upgrade. Matthew Stafford to me is a top ten quarter, uh, top five is a top five quarterback, and I'm talking about based off of arm talent. That and that's why I have him in the top five. Just based off arm talent. There's some throws that he makes. There's some throws he can make that yeah. a lot of quarterbacks in the league can't make. Jared and Goff that, can't make the throws that Matthew Stafford makes. With Goff, though, Goff had freaking Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Brandon Cook, Sammy Watkins. He's coming to Detroit. You just, you just named a whole bunch of regular receivers. Okay, the elite Todd Gurley. He had elite Todd Gurley. Yeah, I mean, but, overall, Jared Goff is now my franchise that. quarterback, and I would do backflips. And like. everything was perfect in L.A. for him, and he still couldn't, like, he still had a little trouble. Um, like, everything has to be perfect for him, and he comes, he's coming to Detroit where shit. I don't think it has to be perfect. Well, we'll see. He, it's not perfect for this year for him, so we'll it's see. not perfect. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what they do in the draft too. They might give him some more weapons. Well, regardless, well, not, it's not going to be perfect for him this it's year. So he's going to have a not. He's, gonna, he's not going to have a non-perfect situation. So we'll see how he plays. I don't think I can. Of, um, I just don't think I'll. Be, I just don't think I'll be able to confidently say next year around this time that Jared Goff is my franchise quarterback. Yeah, well, I, unless he like comes out and throws like forty-five hundred yards, like thirty well, touchdowns. That means he's, like that means he's great. What I'm saying is, I don't see that happening. Could it happen? Anything could happen. I could come a doctor tomorrow. Do I think it's gonna happen? No. But could it happen? Sure. How? I come a million. I could come a millionaire tomorrow. I can win the lottery yeah. tomorrow. And the Anything could happen. happen. The doctor can't happen tomorrow, but a millionaire, sure. Like you could just play the lotto and hit. I mean, maybe I could come as a personated doctor. I don't know. <laughs> hey, again, I, I, I'm more of you know I, I gotta see it to believe it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in this guy until I don't believe in him until I, until until I'm, until I'm proven otherwise. Okay. I'm just if he like, comes out next know, year, he's trash. Now I'm like, uh, we need a new quarterback. I'm just like being honest, bro. Like I used to be like always optimistic. Now I'm actually like looking at everything. Just when you look at everything, it's just they got worse. They got a lot worse. They did. Well, they're embracing that it got worse. And they yeah. want to get worse. They, they actually want to get worse. They said they want their comp picks. Um, yeah, hashtag we want comp picks. I mean, they don't They don't really say it, but they showed it, right? You don't say we want to be bad, but like they, they showed it. They, they didn't re-sign Kenny Galladay. They got their comp picks. Hashtag we want comp picks. They, 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 they want draft capital. Yeah. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I don't believe and that's and that's a rebuild. Right. You're rebuilding, you're not retooling. I hate when he says retool. He just saying it to say that it's a rebuild. 
Detroit's not going to be good next year. They might not be good in year two. They'll they'll be a little better year two. Year three is when they'll probably when they well, should three, be really good. So, so, so they're, they're going to be set expectations. So again, like you said, they're going to be the first overall pick. This is, I think this we'll have long story short. Long story short, they're gonna be first overall pick. I think we'll have a top five pick. I definitely mm-hmm. think the potential to be a top five pick too. Like I actually really think it's a. Top I think. Two I, pick. I think. I, mean, I think. I think. I think it's gonna be somewhere in between 10, 10, anywhere between 20, ten and fifteen. But I do agree with you to a certain degree that this coaching staff could get better, get the best, the best mm-hmm. out of some of these guys that we just didn't see much out of. So I agree with you on that aspect. But I don't think it translates to that many more wins where we're picking in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I, I have anywhere between ten and fifteen. Ten and fifteen. Is where I have them. Maybe picking 11, 12. I don't know. I'll say, honest, I'll say I'll say as think, high as eight and then as low as one. I think Houston and Detroit are in, like either one of them, one and two pick. I don't know in which order, but Houston and Detroit uh, right now. Philly's damn bad too. Houston yeah. is bad though, bro. Who does Houston have? Philly, Houston, and Detroit are like the three. Yeah, those, those are probably yeah. Okay, oh, we'll say those. And three and, right and, and Atlanta is pretty bad too. I actually believe in this coaching staff, man. I think this coach staff is really. I think this coach staff is really is gonna be is really good, honestly. And it is more than just a head coach. I think it goes to every position coach we hired. I think these guys are just gonna. These guys are good. These guys. I mean, yeah, they never coached before. I get it, but I just have a feeling they're gonna be very impactful for these players. They well, said the right things. They've done the right things so far. Now, um, they they got to draft right, and then after that, you got to develop and coach these guys. So. I, I, I want to make it clear, too. I don't think this team's just going to look like hot water again, blowing out every game. I think they're going to be a rebuilding team where they're going to be competitive in like every game. They're not going to be a team that's just going to look lazy and look out of it. They're going to be a team that's always right. in the game and you know a team that's going to be playing for their coach. But at the end of the day, that happens and you can still lose games. I mean, just look at the NBA. The Pistons fight every night, and they look like they can win every night, but they have 12 wins right now. But they don't look like a 12-win team. But And I think that's what the Lions could look like this year. I mean, it's about talent, right? Like, you look at the Lions. Who are your two difference makers on that roster right now? You don't know yet. It could be Swift and Hawkinson. I mean, depending on what we see next year. We don't know. That's I mean, what say, I'm saying, say, though, like say, other... say Swift and Hawkinson is your difference makers. Those guys are still like, well, Swift is to Hawkinson. They're still, like, developing, though, right? Like, you got other teams who have established stars. Like, right now, you're banking on guys um, in a new scheme, too. You don't know how, they'll, how they will be. Like, hopefully, they'll be great. And I think they will be great, but we'll, we'll see. I, I, that's the thing. I have high hopes for them, and especially adding um, Williams to the running back room. I think they know they want to run the ball. I think they're running. I'm hoping this is the year that we actually have a running game now that we know that we're not going to rely on golf to win games. They're not going to rely on golf to throw the ball 30, 40 times to win yeah, the game. It's not they're they're going to have golf. They're going to say, look, we're going <laughs> to run the ball. We're going we're to pound the rock, and you you throw this ball maybe 20, 25 times. At most, 25 times. But they're yeah. going to make the most out of the running game, and they're going to pound and pound and pound until they can get a running game. And I think between Swift and, you know, Williams, I think that's why I think it's going to be a lot different than than it was in the past. That's why I'm not saying, yeah, we're going to win two, so you three games. Say, so you're, you're, you're thinking, like, maybe a, a fringe playoff team, potentially, the way you're no, talking. No, I'm not saying that. I'm well, just saying that. Yeah, like I, I'm, well, I'm saying, I'm saying, all right, there's an extra year, so we're looking at maybe six and eleven, maybe seven and eleven, uh, seven, seven, ten. That's a French playoff team. A team that like you know didn't get to the playoffs, but they actually that's compete. Saying. That's a that's a fringe playoff team. French a team that's like the 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 ninth seed or the tenth seed. I'll I'll, I'll put it there. 
I'll put it there. I personally don't because see I, that because I, I, I think that's pretty bold. Uh, yeah, that's really bold. Okay. I think I'm, I'm just saying, man. You have the offensive line. The offensive line is there. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's not gonna happen because it hasn't happened yet. I'll tell you yeah. that when it actually happens. So we'll see. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it, and the, the difference between I'll say this: the difference between our team and the team that are just completely rebuilding. I think we already have a lot of staple pieces of year one. And when you're comparing us to the Dolphins, Dolphins didn't have offensive line. They had Ryan Fitzpatrick running for his damn near life. They didn't even want to. They were scared to play Tua because they were scared he would get killed. They didn't have nobody. They had absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody. They were. They actually traded away people. During, okay. What about, what about the Panthers though? The Panthers. I mean, again, I mean, the Panthers. That's where I see us going. And Six and ten. That's the top ten pick though. Six and ten. Didn't they go six yeah. and ten last year? They have the eighth pick. And they're picking right behind us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that, that's what I said. <laughs> I got seals going like six and ten, six and ten, or seven and eleven, or whatever that that record would be. Yeah, we'll see. All right, we're way off topic, and that, that's a wrap. This is a wrap. This episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed our three round mock draft, and then this bonus coverage of us talking about Jared Goff not being a franchise quarterback. Or according <laughs> to Malcolm, he is a franchise quarterback, but he's not a franchise quarterback. So oh, I didn't okay. say that. I did not say that. I'm in winning C-mode. mode until he's proven that he's not the guy. He's our starting quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. I'm team quarterback. Take a quarterback. And I'm out. Peace. Trey Lance, come here, buddy. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.